Hello, everybody, and welcome to McKay's Music Corner, a musical discussion podcast that and it starts... starts right now. and welcome back to McKay's Music Corner, a musical discussion podcast starring me. <laughs> I hate that. I absolutely hate that. I won't do that again. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you're excited. Got a lot to talk about today. Some fun topics, some fun new songs I'm enjoying. We'll get right into it here. The first song I want to discuss is a very, very recent new one. Trying to stay ahead of the curve on this. So the band Placebo have recently released a new song, and it is titled Beautiful James. This song was released on September 16th, 2021. And this is actually their first single in five years, so obviously I'm really excited about it. Not having heard any new music for five years is quite a lengthy amount of time. And especially with not being too active on social media, you know, I had a lot of things up in the air of whether they were working on anything, whether they were broken up. Until you really get a song released and put out there, you can only put so much faith into words. I know a lot of bands that I've been following and been fans of have said things are upcoming and then two to three years go by and it's, it's still crickets. So I am very happy that Beautiful James was released. I've definitely been anticipating new music from these guys because their latest album was actually released in 2013. The album titled Loud Like Love. So it's been even longer since their most recent full length. And that album really helped me get back into the band and digging into their earlier stuff. And I even bought their really cool vinyl box set called A Place For Us To Dream and included all these B-sides and alternate versions of songs, radio edits, and a lovely art book and it was really cool. I'll have to post some pictures on the social media to give you an idea of what I mean. So the band consists of, I believe, only two members now and that is Brian Mulko, I might be pronouncing the last name wrong, and he is the singer and frontman. And then there's Stefan or Steven Alsdahl. Sorry, fellas, if I pronounced any of that wrong. Something that's really cool is those two have actually been around since the beginning of the band. So they're the only two original members still a part of the group. And I think they're there to stay if 25 plus years is any indication. So let's talk about the song, Beautiful James. As far as the song goes, I quite like it. When I heard it and then listened to it a follow-up, you know, a few times, it wasn't anything that blew me away or blew my mind, but it had the familiarity and the good quality that I expect from Placebo. And so I was quite happy with what I heard and it made me look forward to what's to come. I would say this band is definitely an acquired taste. The singer's vocals are quite unique, and maybe even you could describe it as nasally, but that's part of the charm for me. What's kind of funny is the song that got me into this band was actually a cover that they did. Placebo did a cover of the song titled Running Up That Hill, and if you want an example of a cover done right, look no further than Running Up That Hill by Placebo, because that song, they really transformed it. 
And I think I'm going to talk about this in a a future episode, Covers Done Right. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, that was the first song I heard by them. And I think I heard it in an episode of Bones, actually. (laughs) So, you know, you never know when you're going to hear something and it's going to stick with you and it's going to inspire a new fan. So that was really cool, fun fact. I think I own almost all of their albums on CD, and I, I, as I said earlier, I own the cool vinyl record box set that celebrated their 20th or 25th anniversary. So it's really cool. But yeah, I really liked the song. It was a pleasant surprise when it came out, and I saw it in my new releases on Spotify. It looks like the singer's sporting a new mustache. That's really cool. Usually, usually he's very clean shaven, but uh, the mustache is quite nice. But yeah, the song has some really cool electronic sounds that get you really excited for it right off the bat. And I think the lyrics of the song are probably the the most likable trait about the song for me. Talking about a character or person named James being described as beautiful James. And the singer actually said in an interview that James can be a man, woman. It can be, you know, applicable to whatever you need it to be. You know, it's it's up in the air. It's not It's not defined. Or at least the singer doesn't want to define it for us. In fact, from the NME article written by Damian Jones, the singer Brian Mulko had this to say about the new track. If the songs... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if the song serves to irritate the squares and the uptight, so gleefully be it. But it remains imperative for me that each listener discovers their own personal story within it. I really don't want to tell you how to feel. Just based off of, you know, quoting the singer, you you can tell he's very interesting, speaks very eloquently. And with that comment, I I just wanted to say, I think I definitely admire that about an artist, what he said about wanting the listener to discover that personal story within it. I admire that because I think doing something like that allows the listener to ponder and appreciate the music a bit more, really have time to think about it. Because you hear the song and then after you're done, you, you kind of have to sit with it and think, okay, what is the band trying to say? And also, what does this song mean to me? And I think that's where a lot of enjoyment of music occurs for me. And that's not to say every song needs to be vague and purposely cloudy or overcomplicated, but I like looking at a song from the, you know, the most basic perspective and then also kind of dissecting it and thinking about what it could also mean. So hearing the placebo singer say this, I thought was pretty cool. And the song, you know, I'm still processing it, listening to it here and there, but the song does describe not wanting to wake this James person. Whoever this James person is, he doesn't want to wake them if he can help it. James just looks so beautiful, doesn't want to disturb his sleep. And I think that could be very metaphorical, especially with if you have like a mental illness or you you struggle with depression or anxiety. I definitely relate to not wanting to not wanting to bother or disturb this person with my dark problems, right? So there are a lot of ways you can look at this, and I guess that's one of the ways I kind of view the song is not wanting to flaw or upset this person, just wanting them to remain as is, beautiful and perfect. And I like that it can be applicable to anyone. So yeah, I really like the song, and I, I definitely recommend you check it out. And if you haven't heard Placebo before, I would recommend listening to their album titled Meds or Loud Like Love. Those are probably the most accessible, and those are my more of my favorites. So give it, give it a shot. 
Oh, my phone's turning off. Why would this happen? Oh my god. <coughs> oh my god. Welcome to the podcast. <coughs> Welcome to Mickey's Music Corner, everybody. Oh my goodness. Sorry about that. What a transition to the next song. <coughs> All right, so next we are going to discuss a song called Off My Neck by Carly Hansen. This song was released August 13th, 2021, and I love it. Oh my God. (laughs) Carly Hansen is an artist I really enjoy. I think it came up on my Spotify Discover a year or two years ago, and I've just been following her ever since, all her music releases. She's also a part of the LGBT plus community, so having my support go to her makes me feel even better because being, you know, an LGBT artist helps me relate and connect to their music a lot more. Let's me know that there's a safe space in this music, right? So off the bat, just lots of praise. So the song itself, there's a lot to like about it. First off, it's one of those songs that wastes no time in starting up because right off the bat, the vocals start right away and a very enjoyable electronic backtrack or sound. I really like when songs do that. It's not three seconds go by and then something starts. It's like right off the bat, it just starts up. The song is singing. And I just, when when I hear a song like that, I imagine, you know, the concert where there's a brief interlude or break during the concert, and then the singer or performer just goes right into singing it. You know, it kind of sneaks up on you, and before you even realize the song has started, you go, oh. If I were to compare this to anything, it'd be the opening piano notes of Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Like, as soon as you hear that first piano note, the audience, the fan, whoever's listening is just pumped. And I think that's what this uh, song accomplishes with the vocals starting like they do. Along with the electronic and poppy vibes, it also gets a bit heavy within the song. There's some really cool heavy bass and some somewhat aggressive vocals that um, happen in verse 2. And I really like it, especially with uh, the themes of this song. It's melancholic, it's, it's reflecting on a painful memory, but there's also some anger there towards this person that she's singing about. While I enjoy this song sound-wise, I think... I really enjoy it because of the meaning behind it. While I always appreciate a good love song, it's refreshing to hear a song focus on a different type of relationship. In this case, the relationship with a friend or ex-friend. The song is about feeling really hurt by a friend's betrayal and their, their lies. And during the chorus, the singer exclaims, Cut my head off my neck. Oh, just to forget. And I I really like it. It's a very visceral, maybe even violent metaphor, but it really helps drive home just how much pain was caused by the relationship she was in. And while love songs are enjoyable, and I think almost anyone has been in a breakup or whatever, I think even more so people are able to relate to a friendship that doesn't go right, maybe even goes terribly. So I think anyone could really relate to this song and, you know, the meaning behind it. Yeah, I would definitely recommend you check this song out as well. It'll be on the playlist, like I always say. And also go listen to Carly Hansen's album or EP titled Destroy, 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 Destroy. I might have listed too many destroys, but you'll find it if you just type in Carly Hansen. 
I'm going to briefly touch on the VMAs that happened recently. I'm not going to be discussing the awards and the individual categories and what those went to. Instead, I'm going to talk about some of the VMA performances that occurred by bands that I know and enjoy. I won't be discussing these performances in any order, like it's not in chronological order. I'm just starting with what I want to talk about and going from there. And with the first one, it actually goes hand in hand with a song I've wanted to cover on this podcast since its release. So let's talk about the VMA performance slash song in general of Stay by Justin Bieber featuring the Kid Leroy. The performance was really great. It had a lot of energy from both Justin Bieber and the Kid Leroy. But for some reason, during this song and the song Justin played afterwards, Justin Bieber wore a hoodie over his head the entire performance. So you couldn't see his eyes or his full face or hair. And so it just was a little odd. Like, did he, was he hung over? Does he have a black eye? It was a weird aesthetic choice, but other than that, the outfits were pretty cool. What was also cool, with a lot of these VMA performances, they have a really cool set or, you know, stage that was designed and altered in some way to make things a little more exciting. And for this performance, it was this giant glacier or iceberg thing that they came out on and they sang on top of that. <laughs> so it, it looked really cool, but I don't, I question why it was a glacier because I don't really get glacier or anything iceberg related in the themes of the songs that were performed. It could just be, you know, something something to do. But when you, when you look at all these other VMA performances, they kind of tied in with what songs were being sung. So the glacier thing kind of caught me off guard. But like I said, both of them did really well. Their singing was on point. You know, when you hear Justin Bieber perform live, even if you're not a fan of him, you, you get reminded of why this person is so popular in music. He is a really phenomenal singer. He has talent. And so I, I feel bad for growing up and giving him crap. That was lame of me. And I'm supporting your music now. So no worries there, Beeb. And even the Kid Leroy, I don't know much by him. I, I know this song. And what was the... Without you... <sighs> that doesn't sound anything like it. Disregard that. I'll have to give the Kid Leroy another shot, though, because he really nailed the performance, I think, too. And he, like I said, he's the one featured on the song. And so I'll have to I'll listen. I'll have to listen to some more of his music um, in the future and see how it vibes with me then. And then the Kid Leroy left after the performance of that song, and Justin Bieber then performed the song titled Ghost, which I had never heard before. I didn't even know existed. But after I heard the song, I, I loved it. And so I'm definitely putting it in my liked songs, just based on that alone. I think when a song does that, when you hear it once and it sticks with you and you, and you enjoyed it, it's a good sign. Some might argue that generic or I don't know, this or that, but I, I think it's always a good sign for better or for worse. If it sticks in your head, there's something good about it, I would say. But yeah, a really good performance by Justin Bieber. Uh, maybe take off the hoodie next time, my, my, my man. All right, next let's talk about Ed Sheeran. Bad Habits. So he performed uh, this song I actually covered in episode one. So I definitely wanted to check it out, see how, you know, the live performance compares to the song that I raved about in episode one. While it wasn't the most showy of the performances that I saw on the VMAs, you could tell the crowd loved it. They were going nuts. They knew the song, 
They love the song. And it was fun to see and hear. Something else I really appreciate about the performance with Ed Sheeran was it gave the this song a different feel and perspective to it because it felt a lot more organic. It was a lot different sounding than the studio track, which is, you know, what you'd hear on streaming services. The song itself, you know, the song recording itself is very polished and produced in a good way, but it was nice to hear some of the unique touches they gave it in the live performance with the acoustic guitar coming through a bit more and all the other components of it. Ed Sheeran is definitely... (laughs) Why do I want to say complicated? This is... (laughs) What the heck? He's definitely talented. He might be complicated as well. I don't know the man. But yeah, he's definitely talented and... It was a really good performance, so I wanted to cover that. Next, let's talk about the performance by Olivia Rodrigo, Good For You. So obviously this artist has skyrocketed in popularity recently, and I think she's definitely talented. I think she put out a very solid first attempt at an album. And when I say first attempt, I just mean it being her debut album. Assumably more to come from that, I mean... After the money she made and the, the stream she got, I would I would hope so. But she gave a wonderful performance at the VMAs. She performed Good For You. Might have performed a few other songs, but the one I watched was this one. Driver's License was the song that definitely took her career off. That's the song I first heard. I think she's on High School Musical, the series, the musical, the tv show on disney channel (laughs) it's some weird complicated title like that but yeah she performed good for you today or not today gosh she performed good for you at the vmas and she rocked it you could really tell that this performer was having fun you could see it in her face you could see it in her her eyes and her smile and it helped remind you that she's still a kid I mean, I don't know how old she is, but she's very, she's younger than me. She's relatively young, very popular, and she's still a kid at heart. And so to see her really enjoy this performance and for her to recognize, man, people love me. People love this song. This is really happy. It was cute to see. Keep in mind that this is a kid with over a billion streams on her music. So it was really cool to see her have fun. The The only downside I would say was there were a lot of backup dancers on this performance and they all wore face masks. I have nothing against wearing face masks during, you know, a public performance, safety first and all. But you know, when when you look at how some bands or artists have done it in the past, like look at the weekend at the the Super Bowl, they had a really creative way to cover the face with like what was it, bandages and whatnot. So to see a bunch of people just in plain black face masks was a little distracting and it's hard to take the the dancers seriously is all I would say. Not enough to ruin it, but appreciate safety first. So yeah, good job, uh, Olivia. I I look forward to future music. Next up on the VMA performances of 2021, I want to discuss 21 Pilots performing Saturday. So 21 Pilots is one of my favorite bands, and so I was really looking forward to it when I saw that they had performed something for the VMAs, so me and Jordan checked it out. So yeah, 21 Pilots performed Saturday, and this is a song from their most recent album, Scaled and Icy. So with this performance, it starts off real soft and peaceful. Tyler, the singer, is strumming his ukulele, singing the song, 
as you know he strums along and the song continues they start adding layers to the song the keyboard or synths get added their backup vocalists that have been going around for the scaled and icy era start chiming in along with tyler and then it goes really rock and roll with some heavy drums and lights and flashing tyler joseph actually tosses the ukulele out into the crowd once he was done with the ukulele part so whoever got a hold of that oh my gosh i can't even imagine what a memorabilia piece to have for a band you like i'm jelly <laughs> Another real big thumbs up for this performance were the visuals. The visuals were probably my favorite out of the VMA performances I watched. There was a giant screen behind the people performing on stage, and there was this stage slash screen on the ground so they could display the visuals or, you know, graphics on the ground. And it was this really cool, beautiful graphic of ocean waves and water. Very simple, very stylized, and it looked great. And this is where I give a lot of praise because this is, unlike the Justin Bieber performance, these visuals tied in with the song and the themes. The song time and time again talks about relating things to the ocean and the waves and the tide and kind of getting used to the way things are in the, the day in, day out, the flow of time and that sort of thing. It was really cool when, you know, the waves on the floor are going and Tyler's laying on the ground and he's singing about he can't feel the waves anymore. Did the tide forget to move? It was so cool. I really enjoyed it. I don't know how clean the ground was, but that's okay. I'm sure they, I'm sure they sanitize it before each performer starts stepping on it with their dirty shoes. But yeah, that part especially where Tyler laid on the ground and sang what is one of my favorite parts in the song. That was really awesome something cute but also would have to say a little odd was that tyler joseph also announced his wife's second pregnancy during the performance so towards the end of the song one of the last choruses he announces that his wife jenna is pregnant with her second child and i thought it was really cute and exciting for me but i'm a long time you know diehard fan i have poster after poster hung up framed on my office walls but i can only imagine someone not knowing the band or the relationships the band has just thinking how strange it must be like why isn't he singing why is he talking what is he talking about so it was a little weird i've also seen people criticize like who does he think he is he's not beyonce but overall i think he was harmless and it was cute to announce the exciting second child that will be soon joining their little rosie and their happy little family the performance itself did veer quite drastically from how the song is performed on the on the studio recording. And while I think that's cool for some performances, I don't know if it was the best move for a VMA performance because, I don't know, people who have heard your song on the radio, they're not gonna, at least, and even for me, like I, I was singing, kind of singing along in my head and then, oh, you know, I got thrown off by the different parts and kind of jilted, is that a word? Kind of different aspects they gave it. But overall, I thought it was a good performance. All right, last but not least, I want to discuss Machine Gun Kelly performing paper cuts at the VMAs. And it, I think it's really fun that we're kind of revisiting songs I've done on episode one and episode two. I talked about this song specifically on episode two. And now we're going to discuss the VMA performance of it. 
So yeah, Machine Gun Kelly did a really good job. I don't know how, I mean, he's a, I think he's a talented artist, not the most graceful of vocals, but that's kind of the appeal of him is to, you know, the rasp and the, uh, the grunt and grunginess. So I can't complain too much there. Just in comparison to the, some of the other singers that performed that night, definitely on the lighter side. But what he lacked there, he made up for in energy and some really cool stuff I'll talk about in just a moment. Everyone had their looks or their outfits, but his was definitely the most eye-catching. He had this weird blood-red crown. And I say crown because I don't know what else to really call it. He, he wore it around the top of his head and underneath his chin. And it was this crown of like blood-red thorns, maybe even tiny, tiny antlers. I'm going to guess thorns though. Yeah, thorns. <laughs> I guess no one told him how to actually wear a crown, so he wore it kind of like as a, a chin strap. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll give him the okay for now. Yeah, that was cool. He did take it off because I imagine it was really uncomfortable. One, one of the thorns was actually going up one of his nostrils a bit. <laughs> so that was pretty gnarly. And my absolute favorite part about the VMAs were these cool flower backup dancers that were at his performance. They were these cute, sassy red flower dancers, and they danced to the left and to the right of him, did all these fun things. And that's kind of where I compare with the Olivia Rodrigo thing with, you know, just the plain black face masks. Because these people found another way around it where they had like a black type of morph suit type of attire around them and covering their face. So it wasn't as distracting. It, it felt like it was part of the theme and the performance rather than just people wearing masks. But looks wise, I think this nailed it better. This is where to look towards when looking for alternatives of backup performers or whatnot. But yeah, I really love those sassy red flower things. I want to be one. Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> if you happen to listen to this, let me be a sassy red flower from Paper Cuts. I can tour with you. I'm available. Just let me know. But the coolest part about the Machine Gun Kelly Paper Cuts performance would have to be this sick rap verse that he actually includes. It's not on the original song, so he included this specifically for the VMA performance. So let me uh, go ahead and recite it for you. Y'all said that I switched genres. I saw the limit and took it farther. I'm a genius, could have made Donda, but this song is for my dead father. Uh! He does say uh at the end too, which makes it even better because it's like this, he knows how freaking badass he just sounded. Oh my goodness. So when he did that, I was like, oh, this is, this, you know, this is new. This, this rap isn't in the actual song. So it took me off guard, but when I heard, you know, the words he said, it gave me chills. I thought it was a really cool choice to add this to the live performance and dedicating the song to his deceased father. One of the lines actually disses Kanye with his most recent album titled Donda. So Machine Gun Kelly is claiming he could have made Donda, <laughs> which was a bold move. Not one I'm saying I agree with. I haven't listened to Donda. And I haven't really listened to Kanye West, but definitely, definitely a bold move on MGK's part. We'll see if he pays for that later. But yeah, just some context for that line. And then Machine Gun Kelly ends the VMA performance by smashing his guitar to pieces. I think he smacked it against the weird coffin of soil or 
other weird planty things he emerged out of. So yeah, he smashed that guitar to bits. And I'm sure people are just as angry about him doing that as they were about when Phoebe Bridgers did it. So yeah, the, the VMAs were really great as far as the performances. I think they were all, everyone did a solid job. Lil Nas X also performed and did a great job as always. I didn't want to cover every single VMA performance, especially because there are so many artists that I didn't know. I chose these ones, talked about them. Hopefully you liked my thoughts on it. I should also mention all of these videos are on YouTube on the MTV. Yeah, I believe the MTV YouTube channel. So if you're interested in seeing any of these performances, go to YouTube. VMAs 2021 should be there. All right, let's get to the meat of it. Let's get to the meat of this episode, and I, I want this to be the meat so bad. We'll see how long I end up talking about it, because one could argue the VMAs portion is the meat of this episode. But you know, maybe we're going vegan today. Maybe, maybe that, that's what's happening. So let me discuss a really great song by one of my all-time favorite bands, Silk Chiffon by Muna. So Silk Chiffon by Muna featuring Phoebe Bridgers. So like I said, Muna is one of my all-time favorite bands. I think they are amazing and inspiring, and the chances are I will not shut up about them, and I'm going to bring them up multiple times throughout the history of this podcast. So buckle up. This song is called Silk Chiffon, and it was released on September 7th, 2021. It also features the popular artist Phoebe Bridgers. And the two artists are now belonging to the same music label, Satisfactory. Oh, I just got that. Oh my gosh. Satisfactory sounds... <laughs> it sounds like Satisfactory. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> but a more emo, emo way to phrase it. That's fun. Obviously, we need to talk about Katie Gavin's voice. As always, it is beautiful. They do an amazing job in this song. They are the singer of Muna. And paired with Phoebe Bridger's vocals, it's a song collab that really worked for me. And you can tell it was a really successful collaboration that both artists gave 100% to. Not only both artists, but any everyone included in the making of this song. Something neat and something I appreciate about this song collaboration is I think you can really hear each of the artist's unique touches. And I think this is most visible in the first pre-chorus that they each get to have. Muna's verse pre-chorus and then Phoebe's verse and pre-chorus each kind of have their signatures noticeable. I would say it's mainly in the lyrics, but also with the sounds. Phoebe's verse has more of a rock guitar to it and kind of like mutes the strings and does this cool fun thing when she's singing her part. So it was really cool to see that because you'll hear a lot of song collabs or features and it'll be very brief and it'll be, they didn't even bother showing up to the same studio. You can hear and sometimes tell that with some songs, but not this one. So I really appreciated the actual collaboration that went into it. The song itself is really upbeat and fun, and it's a queer LGBT love song, so what's not to love? The song compares the beauty and personality of their lover to the softness of Silk Chiffon, hence the title. The lyrics are really great. I especially love the singing of Life's So Fun, Life's So Fun, and that occurs in the pre-chorus. It's such a simple lyric, 
and it, you know, it's repeated in the pre-choruses of the song, but at the same time, it really adds this optimism about life, and it can't help but be contagious. Singing along, I can imagine in concerts, people singing along, life's so fun, life's so fun, and they're waving their hands. I'm definitely gonna do that if I ever get the blessed opportunity to hear this live. Yeah, I'm really thankful for that because while I love the sad, slow songs, we also need to give love to happy, upbeat things like this. I don't know how often it's done, but I would definitely be open to Muna collabing with Phoebe Bridgers again on a song. Maybe it'd be cool for Muna to be featured on a Phoebe Bridgers song just to switch it up. It's a Phoebe Bridgers song, but Muna adds their Muna touch to it. So that would be a cool thing to see in the future, and I definitely think it's in the realm of possibility with them belonging to the same music label now. And it's unclear at this point whether Silk Chiffon is going to be a single off an upcoming Muna album, or if it's a one-off, or, you know, what the status of that is. Either way, it's a really great song, really happy, really gay and awesome. And I use gay as a positive thing, because it is. But yeah, I just lots to love about this song, so I definitely wanted to cover it on the podcast. And especially being one of my favorite bands. Please come to Utah. I love you. Alright everyone, well, I, I really just can't believe it. I can't believe I've made it this far, you know. I've almost, we can almost say consistent as a, you know, a describing word for this podcast. I can't believe episode 3 has been made, has been recorded, it will soon be treating your ear holes should you choose to listen to it. So thank you so much. Definitely check out the playlist that will be included in the show notes. There will be a link to Spotify with a list of the songs, most of them, that I covered on today's episode. Also follow me on Instagram at McKay's Music Corner. That is the only social media I have for this podcast, so all I need to worry about Instagram. And definitely give me and my husband's other podcast a, a shot. It is titled Reading My Writings and is available wherever you get your podcasts. And that one is also very fun. We read some of my old writings from childhood and now and laugh about them and have a good time. Season two of that podcast is almost over. So if you want to kind of be in with the wave of new episodes, definitely start now. Because I I imagine we'll be taking a break soon until we pick things back up next year with season three. If you have any song recommendations or band recommendations, please comment and let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are on these episodes. What can I do better on? Yeah, let's end it there. Thank you so much for listening. This is McKay's Music Corner, signing off. Silk, chiffon, what's so it feel?